0: Hello and welcome to Afternoon Sport. What a show we have for you today. It's coming live from Jackson's on George in Sydney CBD on George Street. And what a lineup we have. Mark Waugh, Adrian Tucker, two fantastic New South Wales cricketers. Mark obviously played for Australia as well. And a man that many of you may have heard, Mark Gable from the Choir Boys. What a fantastic afternoon. I hope you enjoy this episode of Lunch With Lee brought to you by Afternoon Sport. Welcome to Lunch with Lee, Uh, I'm your host Shane Lee. Today on the show, we've got Adrian Edward Tucker, a former New South Wales cricketer, playing 17 first class matches for the Baggy Blues. He took 45 wickets um, and has the best figures of five for 38, which is outstanding. Uh, In his first Sheffield Shield final, he dismissed the great Alan Border twice, which is an amazing effort. (laughs) Outside of cricket, he's been an equities trader um, but now he runs the Doke franchise with his lovely wife Margaret, who's here. Hello, Margaret. Anyone's got a dog on, on during Christmas sent to their place, they get treated like absolute royalty. Um, he's a great mate of mine, um, exceptional debater, uh, and as cute as a button. Welcome, Adrian Tucker. <laughs> also on the show today, Mark Edward War. Uh, a former New South Wales Australian cricketer playing 128 test matches and 244 ODIs for his country. He scored 8,000 test runs, 20 hundreds. He also scored 8,500 one, one day runs with 1,800s. And is arguably the greatest fielder of all time. Post career he's a commentator and is involved in training thoroughbreds with his wife, Kim. Um, he's a twin, he's that. a keen golfer, and was a little bit partial to a mullet back in the younger days. Welcome, boys. Thanks, <laughs> Um,
1: Mullet, geez, I love a mullet now though, just need to flick it up from the back, yeah. But uh, great to be here, good to see so many people here, Uh, hopefully we can entertain you for a little bit. Um, Yeah, a couple of spinners and a fast bowler.
0: So I want to start, um, you probably don't know this Junior, but um, Margaret who I mentioned before, she used to go, when she was at university, she used to go to the SCG to actually watch you bat. Um, How do you feel about that?
2: There's Adrian's wife now. What's wrong with
0: that? (laughs) (laughs) Good judge. Did you have a bikini on in the
2: outfit,
1: in the members? But um, those are the days, Shano. um, Even this place, Jackson's on George. We had a few big nights here after a test win or uh, New South Wales. So, yeah,
2: um,
1: had a good following, good following of um, women. So, go on, you, Margaret. And I know I've got four dogs as well, so maybe we can sort out a deal there to look after the, the dogs and groom them, but um, yeah, you're a good
0: judge. So I'll ask you, Tuck, I mentioned the start, um, let's go back to your first shield final. That, for people that don't know, I played 12 years for New South Wales. Adrian played before me and after me, but we never played a game together. He has the longest, I think, longest break in first class history between matches. That's including people who played in the war. Um, but anyway, but, um, show, What was that like? How old were you when you played your, your first Sheffield Shield final? You got Alan Boyer out twice. What were you thinking? How were you feeling?
3: Uh, thanks, Shane. Um, it's great to be back at Jackson's. Uh, first Shield final, I think I was 20. Um, and I sort of came a little bit out of nowhere. I, I remember they dropped Peter Taylor, uh, the off spinner for the game, and he was sort of the incumbent Australian off spinner. Um, but they went with Greg Matthews and me. Um, but, you know, I knew I was uh, surrounded by, you know, some players that either were or would become legends of the game. So, you know, I felt as I was in a pretty good place going into that game. I was in decent form, or they wouldn't have picked me. Um, and we sort of took it from there. And I was, you know, I was very, I got four wickets for the game and two of them were A-B. Um, you know, first innings wasn't particularly... Uh, exciting. He just chopped one on that was sort of a little bit <laughs> short so I, I can't really claim that one. Um, but in the second innings I got him with a wrong and which you know even for the rest of the 15 years of my career re- remained the best piece of bowling that I ever produced. So, Beautiful. Um, yeah let's show my peak to 20. Now Junior you know, I want to ask the
0: Cricket World Cup's not at the moment. We saw India go into the final last night. They beat New Zealand um, which is a huge effort. I think they're they're the form team. Australia plays the RPS tonight. Rain pending. Um, who's going to be in the final? How will the Aussies go tonight?
1: Well, I mean, first of all, India have been outstanding. You know, they've, they've that team they've got on the paddock now is probably one of the best 50-over teams I've seen for a long time. They've got um, five of the best bowlers in the tournament. Um, three quick bowlers, two spinners, and they've got five of the, five great batsmen. They've only got Sky Yadav at number six, who hasn't done much, but he's a good player yeah, as well. Yep. So it's amazing to see how well they're playing. And, all things being equal, they just win this tournament. I think they're about $3.50 at the start, so into about $1.30 now. They'll be hard to beat. The only thing that could beat them is if they lost the toss and whoever wins the toss bats first and, and gets three fifty, because the toss is so vital at the moment. Last night, even if New Zealand had won the toss, they had a sneaky hope of winning. But once they, they lost the toss, they'll you know, they me into one. And as it turned out, that was the case. So They're going to be extremely hard to beat uh, in the final on Sunday. Tonight, of course, South Africa, Australia. We've got a, a great record against South Africa in past World Cups. Obviously, going back to '99, um, when we beat, when we tied with them. Good piece of feeling, I thought there, to tie that game. Can you remember it or what? This mug glare at uh, mid-off. Um, like you' on that uh, you're in the in the camp too. Then, I was mate. Right? Yeah. Yeah. How nerve-breaking was that?
0: Oh, well, it was terrible.
1: They they just should have shit in because Lance Klusner <laughs> never missed hit a ball the whole tournament. His batting was amazing and he was just smoking him everywhere. I think Buff Lehman missed a run out from about three foot and I thought well, that's it. that's the game done. Uh, they're going to beat us and then we relied. We, fortunately, we had two dopes at the crease, Lance Klusner <laughs> and Alan, Alan Donald in the opposition who just couldn't get their communication right. They stuffed up a run out earlier in the over when Darren missed the stumps and Mr. thought, well, there's three balls to go. They need one to win. Lance Kluzer hasn't mis-hit a ball all tournament. Surely he just faces the next two balls and doesn't run. If they don't get the runs off the next two balls, then the last ball you'd run. But lo and behold, the next ball, um, Damien Fleming was bowling, a, a, obviously a crucial over. Now, we talked about how to bowl to Lance Cluzer for about an hour in the, um, our team meeting the night before, and we just could not work out where the <laughs> fuck to bowl to him. <laughs> Some were saying, bowl Yorkers, wide of off, stump. some were saying, bowl of bouncer, some were saying, slow ball, others were saying, bowl at his heel, and we just did not have a clue, because wherever he bowled it, <laughs> he was hitting it for four, so we just left it up, up to Flemo which was um, pretty brave, because he's you know he's a Victorian, so we left it up to Flemo. <laughs> anyway, he actually bowled a really good Yorker, it was a pretty good Yorker, wide of off stump, and Clues just sort of hacked it um, off the inside edge, and it sort of bobbled quite awkwardly to this man at um, uh, mid-off, which was me, and I... Moved around, swooped around to the left, did the old backhand panther, just missed the stumps, just missed the stumps. And Flemo fortunately fielded the ball and we got the run out. So, I mean, that was the greatest game of cricket I've I've played in anyway and and one of the greatest wins. But that's got no relevance at all on what's going to happen tonight. (laughs) They say that South Africa are chokers and we've got a great record against them, but they've actually beaten us quite regularly the last, you know, three or four weeks or last couple of months. Um, they're a good side, they're batting extremely well. Their bowling is a little bit suspect, but so is, so is ours. I don't think we bowl particularly well. Um, they say there's a monsoon off the coast of um, Kolkata in the Bay of Bengal, so that's not a great sign because if it rains, um, then South Africa go through. There is a spare day on Friday, so hopefully we get a game. I think it's 50-50, I really do. I don't think it's much between these two teams. Hopefully we win, obviously. Um, but I think we're just going to play a little bit better. We need Mitchell Stark to come good. He hasn't bowled particularly well throughout the tournament. And um, I think the middle order, well, I suppose if we get another G Maxwell, um, big show performance uh, like we did against Afghanistan, then we just win anyway. So hopefully Maxie's on song again.
0: Yeah, well, there you go. It's going to be a draw, I think. But I want to ask Tuck. Tuck, your bowling leg spin in around the round time, the great late Shane Warne was bowling. Um, I want to ask you about, about him, and, and do you think he, he destroyed all, all future Spinner's potential reputations because of how, how good he was? Um, and, 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 and what are your thoughts now on Spinner's playing a massive role in particularly not only one day cricket, but T20 cricket?
3: Um, thanks Shane, talking about Warney, I mean he, You've, you've got to think back to even before I and he came on the scene, because we were about exactly the same age, there was a lot of talk about leg spin being a completely lost art then. Um, and you know, he came through and, and just absolutely changed the game. The thing is, you've got to be, you've got to be really, really good, it's a difficult art. And you know, a lot of the coaching I see, uh, and the actions that I see of, of leg spinners these days, uh, guys trying to replicate Warnie and you, you just can't do it because he was, he was so strong through the shoulders and the hand, uh, he, had a, he had a technique that was, was, was really simple, it should be great to copy but, but average people just can't do it, you need, you need momentum through the crease to be able to do it. So you know, I, I just don't see that being coached well at, at the moment.
0: We'll take a quick break now and uh, while we're having a lunch here at Jackson's on George, we're on the top terrace here, it's just been redone. What a beautiful setting it is, um, and it's a lovely day as well. Uh, Jackson's on George have just received uh, a chef's hat. So the food is amazing. Um, We're gonna be sharing today some platters um, with some of the finest um, steak you'll ever have. Uh, The chicken here is off the charts and all the trimmings and all the sides. Um, We're gonna be washing it down with the Sydney beer who's sponsoring today. Uh, There'll be plenty of those on tap. I'll be having a little glass of Chardonnay as well. This is gonna be fantastic. Have you heard about Cell AED? It's the world's first mini personal defibrillator. You can keep it at home, the office, or even in your sports bag. Cell AED is game-changing technology that you can use if someone has sudden cardiac arrest, which can affect anyone, from kids on the sporting field to adults at home. Sudden cardiac arrest happens suddenly with no warning. You only have minutes to get the defibrillator on the person affected. That's where Cell AED comes in. You can help save the life of someone you love Every home should have a cell AED. It's really a lifesaver. Learn more at CEL That's cellAED.io. That's C E double So dot io. No, I think um, I remember we came to Jacksons on George here many years ago with the Australian cricket team, and Warren would always come in late. Um, he wasn't a big drinker. He used to drink the occasional Madurian lemonade, didn't he? Yeah. Which is um, the old. Illusions, what they're called, I think, yeah. Um, but he'd always walk in, he'd stand at the highest point in the bar just to announce himself. Because um, at the time I was single, he was always single on tour, wasn't he? It was... <laughs>
1: so you basically stood next to him.
0: <laughs> Got I a stood few, next to him, yeah. A few his off cuts. That, that's it, mate, yeah. Now, Gene, I want to ask you, mate, because um, you, uh, back in the day we met, you had a, you had a mullet. Um, you, had, you had a good following of the other young ladies who used to like you. I think you you met your first girlfriend at um, Kingsgrove Sports Store, didn't you? Uh, where, where'd
1: you meet her? Was it in the Batcone section? Where, where, where was she? Oh, I've met a few before Sue. No. Um, I mean, those days, is, is different to these days, obviously. Um, and the mullet was... If you didn't have a mullet in the 90s <laughs> yes, and the 80s, sorry. you just weren't in the game, were you? you know, there's a few fellas here my age. If you didn't have a mullet, you just... You had no hope. So, um, it was just... Yeah, I, I had a, a solid mullet. I must admit. Um, pretty long, but embarrassing to look at some of the photos um, from, from times... Uh, back in the 80s and 90s, but um, yeah, it was a different time then. I mean, um, th- these days the players have got so much scrutiny on them, and you know they can't scratch their sc- scratch their nose without someone taking a photo of them. And they they know that. They they get they get well well paid for their their um their cricket these days. But in those days, you could you could obviously get w- away with a lot more. And but to be honest, my age group, my era was Tubby Taylor, Stephen. Uh, Gavin Robbo, those sorts of guys. We weren't actually big drinkers, apart from Tubby. Um, but I, I first started playing with David Boone and Jeff Marsh and those guys and, and AB, they were real pissheads. Um, but it was the next era that sort of um, changed slightly. And we had a good time on tour, no doubt about it. But I, I think, um, you know, once it came to the cricket, we, we sort of switched on. But, you know, you're here for a, you know not a long time, a, a good time. So I think if you get the balance right... And that's one of the difficulties these days with professional sportsmen. You know, it's so everything's so scrutinized and it's so strict and um, you don't really see the characters that we had you know through our era and Warnie was one of them uh, he was a great character obviously you know he's um, you know he took a lot of the attention away from other players if you're at a nightclub or an airport or something so it was he was great to play with obviously as a super player um, yeah so those were the days um, we can all remember them
0: oh, I want to ask you about that because one thing that people don't know about Mark Waugh, you, you had a really interesting role, I reckon, in that Australian cricket team at the time. You, you're a guy, you, you always trained hard, you did the right thing, um, but you always spoke your mind. Um, so you were like the voice of reason and there was huge egos in that team at the time. You, know, you had war- the Warns of the world, you know, the Dean Jones, all these sort of guys who had huge, huge egos. Did you, did you realise you, you could say things that actually would resonate to them?
1: Uh, not really. I mean, yeah, we, we did have uh, some big egos, but... I think, though, you know, we had a lot of guys, a bit like Tubby Taylor and Stephen, who would pull those guys into line. You know, if Warney was bludging or something or or not quite doing the right thing, um, then you'd have a quiet word to him and he was man enough to sort of step into line. But I think in those days, uh, well, my, my ethos is just be yourself. Be honest. You, you can't get in trouble for telling the truth, can you? Well, you can, but, I mean, yeah, I suppose you can, yeah. You're right, you can. Um, but generally speaking, you know, you can't get a lawsuit against you, can you, if you tell the truth, but... um. Um, that's the way I, I played my cricket, but kept it simple. Uh, and often, the simple way was the best way. You know, even at team meetings, you know, we'd rave on about where to bowl. And I'd just say, just top of off stumping about three bounces and over. That's what you need to do. Knock their heads off, and, and we're right. So, um, yeah, it was a, a simple way of playing. But um, I was just sort of myself, and whatever happened, happened.
0: Now, I want to ask you, Tuck, I mentioned at the start, you, you play in a Sheffield Shield final. Um, you get the Great Allen border out twice. You then... Uh, Maybe a year or two later, have two years off cricket. You tell you quit cricket. I think you move overseas. You finally come back. You make you make your um, you make your comeback match 12 or 13 years later, 2003, 2004. By the way, based on those stats, you're due for a comeback in the next 2026. So we'll we'll, we'll look forward to that one. But talk me through that game. Steve War, Mark's brother, was captain. New South Wales. You hurt your hand. What happened?
3: Well. I, uh, I dived for a ball in the outfield and, and split my webbing in my finger. And it was sort of bleeding, you don't like bleeding on the ball, that's no fun for anyone. Um, so, at, at the tea break, I went down t- uh, with the doctor to get a couple of stitches put in it. And it was a re- in a really bad place for a leg spin bowler. Um, but I originally wanted to get the glue, but the, go- the doctor didn't have the glue. All he had, he said, oh, that's alright, we'll put a couple of stitches in it. So he's needled me with some anaesthetic. And I basically couldn't feel fur- my whole arm. So, so at the two break, I said to I said to Steve Ricks and the coach, mate, well, I can't feel my arm. Um, I, I reckon I should sit out for a couple of overs. I can sort of started feeling to, starting to come back. I, I was too scared to talk to Stephen about it. Um, so, so I just so I, so I just sat out. But while I was off, Dominic Thornley, who was twelfth man, took two absolute screamers. He took he caught Steve uh, sorry uh, Stuart Law diving behind himself at backward square a ball that I wouldn't have got a hand on. And he took another one running back over his shoulder. I probably would have got a hand on that, but I was a 30% chance of catching him. So at that point, Stephen wanted me to bowl. So Dominic Thornley comes running off and I and I and I run back on into the, into the huddle, And Steve says to me, Oh, what's going on? I said, Oh, you know, I just got a couple of stitches, it's fine, wouldn't worry about it. Should be alright. He said, Oh, can you feel? He said, Yeah, I can feel, yeah, no problem with that. He said, Well, if you can feel, you can bowl you're fucking on. <laughs>
0: None for three, I that yeah, That's That's a bit of pressure there, but, but I'm looking forward to your comeback, Tuck. I want to ask you, Junior, now, mate. Um, that 99 World Cup, we win that. Um, I didn't play in the final. I think I was 13th man. Brennan Julian was 12th man. Um, the Lua, we used to call him. A very attractive man. Um, and Damien Martin. Damien Martin, myself, we were all single at the time. We were going to not come back with the team. We were going to go to south of France and Venezuela. That's where we worked out all the best looking women were at that time. Um, but Creed Australia made us come back for the Ticket Take Parade. There was no business class seats left, so the three of us who didn't play were first class. We are sending, we sending you guys back champagne. You weren't very happy.
1: Mate, I did not know that. That is, that is wrong. And you haven't changed. You and BJ are still fine first class. Um, but yeah, mate, you had a good tournament, I think. Yeah. You didn't make many mistakes. How many games did you play?
0: Just two on that one.
1: I think BJ played one against Bangladesh, yeah, yeah, uh, against yeah. the big boys, yeah. Um, so you just, <laughs> you had more roots and drinks than your runs and wickets, it'd be safe to say. You, you and BJ and Marto. Three good-looking boys, though, on the bench, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, three good-looking boys, but, um, yeah, we had, we had a strong squad. I mean, for you guys not to get a game, we must have had a strong squad, because you, you could play all right. So, um, but great tournament, wasn't it? We started off slow as anything. We lost our, we did beat Scotland, though, in the first game. We beat Scotland, then we got beaten by the Kiwis. Pakistan beat us. Uh, a bit similar to the way this tournament's gone for Australia. You know, lost the first two and then we, we just started to, you know, get the odds better, get out to about 20 to 1 and get, get the cash on. Um, so Australia been very similar in this tournament, but um, it was a great experience at that, that World Cup, obviously. And then we flogged Pakistan in the final. They were, they were useless in the final, but... Um, no, I didn't know you flew first class. Yeah, I no, didn't. I'm really dirty now.
0: Now, Junior, I want you to tell this story. You've got to get the punchline right this time. We, 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 sit, we told this story at uh, Scott's College Luncheon. and You slightly got the, the punchline wrong, yeah. so I'm praying you'll get it right this time. But I want you to tell a story about Greg Matthews, who's an old teammate of yours, Adrian. And at that time, your brother, um, Steve, would wear the red rag out of his pocket. It's for good luck. And Greg Matthews started to call to 12th man doing a G signal. And he was calling for his wife's red g-string to hang it out of his pocket. <laughs> like, well,
1: that's the story
0: isn't it? Isn't that the well, well, no, 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 no. Well, so but the story wasn't. You asked him why, why was he doing it? Well,
1: that's that's the story basically. So if <laughs> <laughs> fuck, I haven't got much to work with there. Shit. Uh, <laughs> but 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 G Matthews, he was a character. Let's let's you know let's talk a bit about Greg Matthews. And I was lucky enough to bat with him in my first um, Test match in Adelaide, or unlucky enough to bat with me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he was different to everybody else. He'd be going out when we were going to sleep. We'd be coming home from wherever. Matthews was walking out in his weird coloured jeans and Technicolour shirts and on his way out. He had the bandana, didn't he? He had the bandana on his head too and he'd be going out at 12 o'clock. We'd be going to sleep. So, But I, my debut in against England, uh, I did, did okay. I uh, got 100. But the worst thing was batting with Greg Matthews for a full session. Like He nearly ran me out 40 times. And to this day, he said, man, I carried you. I carried you in that inning. So I, I got 98 in a session. He said he carried me. I don't know how he worked that one out. But, um, yeah, he was a weirdo. But that, but that particular game, I remember in New Zealand, it was about 35 degrees. It was boiling hot, and we were going out, and he had this big, thick leather jacket on. And everyone was sweating up, and they got shorts. And he goes, man, that's the price you pay for looking cool. He just had the big leather jacket on. He was a different cat altogether. But this... Particular occasion you're talking about, um, yeah. Stephen had the famous red rag hanging out of his uh, strides when he when he played Test match cricket, and I think Moe thought he'd get a bit of the you know a bit of the flavour and, and try and emulate that. So we're playing Queensland at the Gabba, and um, we're in a bit of trouble as usual up there because they had a good bowling attack. They had Carl Rackerman, Billy McDermott, uh, Dirk Tasler, um, maybe John McGuire in those days. Casper. Oh Casper, yeah Casper. So they had a good bowling attack, and, and Moe... For whatever, whatever things he did off the field, as soon as he got on the field, he switched on. He was a very, very good player, very underrated, um, especially his batting. I think he averaged nearly 40 in Test match cricket. But this particular day, we could see the this red thing hanging out of his strides, and we're just wondering what the hell it was. So we sent P Farhad out there, the uh, the physio, at the drinks break said, Farhad, get out there and and let us know what's going on with that red rag, what that red thing is hanging out of uh, Greg Matthews' pockets. So. Uh, Farhart toddles off, uh, as he does. He comes back and he goes, "Boys," he said, uh, "That's that's Gillian's g-string. That's his wife's g-string. He just wanted to, what what <laughs> a close to me. Wanted, wanted to have his missus close to him. So he was batting with the g-string hanging out of his strides in a in a Sheffield Shield match. Uh, I'm not sure it was Gillian's, but anyway, <laughs> could have been someone else's. Um, but yeah, so he had the red g-string sticking out of his strides."
0: My my favourite Greg Matthews story was a a team dinner, um, full strength USL side, Taylor, Slater, I think it was. And Greg Matthews showed up with a mate. And he says, team, this is my mate, chemical man, chemical man, this is the team. And Tubby goes, mate, you can't have this bloke, this guy was like, looking like this. And he goes, don't worry mate, you won't eat much, Tubby. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, things that you do. Tuck, what's the story about you and Tom Moody? What happened there?
3: Yeah, thank you for that one, Shane. Um, so in, uh, in, my, in my second season, um, I was sort of going all right. wasn't going too bad. And we played Western Australia at the uh, SCG. I was feeling pretty good about myself. First innings, I took my only five for, five for whatever it was. And I actually got Tom Moody out. Um, so in the second dig, I was, yeah, I, was, I was feeling pretty good about bowling at him. But unfortunately, first ball was a half-tracker. This is about my tenth over. First ball was a half-tracker, six. Second ball, half tracker six, and the sequence for the rest of the over went four six four four for a total of 30 runs off the over. So uh, yeah, thank you, thank you, and and as as a matter of fact, I, I believe that still stands as a record in first-class <laughs> cricket in Australia to this day. I love it. <laughs> but uh, Henry Lawson, the coach, was pretty uh, the uh, the captain was pretty good about it. He just he just wanted past and said that'll do, Tuck. <laughs> Not not so nice was Wayne Holdsworth, though. He was, he was, we were passing each other in the field to get to our respective positions, and he just ran past me giggling like a 12 year old schoolgirl. Absolutely no support from Cracker.
0: Yeah, I love the Wayne Holdsworth story when he was just started playing for New South Wales, and um, there's this girl knocking on the change room door, and she's asking for Henry, Jeff Lawson. And, he, and Wayne goes up to his new captain, Jeff Lawson, and says, Oh, there's some fat girl at the door wants to talk to you, Henry. And he goes, that fat was my wife. <laughs> yes, it was a... Yeah, I don't think he... he was 12th man next game, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I want to... Um, we've got a great afternoon plan. We've got Mark Gable coming on soon from the choir boys. He's going to sing us some songs. Mark, who um, I thought the song Run to Paradise was, a, was a, a drug song. He says, no, it's an anti-drug song. Um, he couldn't believe... He grew up in the northern beaches, and he thought he couldn't believe how people were trying to escape paradise by um, and living there. Um, and then he said he, uh, he got divorced at 30, he turned to Keith Richards for, for 30, about 20 years. So I'm looking forward to hearing him sing some songs. I'm looking forward to that. But I want to thank my two guests, uh, the two Edwards, middle name Edwards, Mark Edward-Wall and Adrian Edward-Tucker. Thank you, boys, for being on Lunch Relief. Yeah. <laughs>
4: And Jenny, I'll meet you at the grocery store You don't need a friend when you cut go When you run to paradise oh, yeah. Everybody get up and dance Just kidding To <laughs> we stick together and defend. Cause you run to paradise. Oh, mama, now don't you worry about me anymore. When I see you. Crying. Sing it better up the paradise. and more of you. <laughs> she said, School. For asking me, remember what I always say. It's actually remember what I always say. Bad jokes. Sorry. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah! One, two. Two,
2: three,
4: four. <laughs> <laughs> One, two. One, two. Three, four. You don't want anyone day and great lives
0: that's it for lunch with lee this week a big thank you goes out to our guests mark Warren, and adrian tucker and mark gable on guitar make sure you hit follow on apple podcast or spotify or wherever you get your podcast from and do us a favor hit five stars and while you're there and if you're passionate please leave a review it means a lot to us and come check us out on instagram at i'm at lunch with lee our official Lunch with Lee photography was done by Felicity Kelly. You can find her on Instagram at Felicity Kelly Portraits. And once again, thanks to our producer, Dan McHugh. We'll be back soon with some more legendary guests. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.